0: Welcome to Passports and Postcards, where we discuss everything travel, from cultural inspirations to exciting destinations and everything in between, with your host, Randall McKeown. On today's show, we have Melissa Watson, owner and CEO of Envision Life Institute, LLC. Melissa and I have a special fondness for Costa Rica. It was in Costa Rica that Melissa had the opportunity to pat a sloth and witness a bullfight where there was no harm to the bull. Melissa has made her time today available so we could speak about her travel experiences. So welcome to the show, Melissa. How are you today?
1: I'm wonderful. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm just thankful we could connect and get you on this show. I'm really interested in hearing about your, your travel experiences. So before we get into that, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, where you're currently coming from today?
1: Hi. Yeah, sure. So I'm in Peoria, Illinois, and I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a new business owner. Um, My business is Envisioned Life Institute. I do Reiki. I'm about to launch a big mindset course challenge, and I offer life coaching.
0: Wow. You uh, sound quite busy there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I know we I mentioned right at the top of it, both of us have a fondness for Costa Rica. Now, would you like to tell our listeners about your experience in Costa Rica? And maybe if you want to highlight some places, if you were to re- recommend our listeners traveling to Costa Rica, where they should go.
1: Yeah, so I've actually been there twice. Um, the first time I went to Manuel Antonio and Capos, so Manuel Antonio is like a big park where you can hike through the rainforest and everything. Um, and Capos is just a town, you know, with Tecans who live there, and you can go get like the typical meal. But yeah, so the best part was, I said, when I go to Costa Rica, I'm going to pet a sloth. And I just sort of willed it to happen. We were down deep in the woods on this little private beach. Just a couple people were there. And this couple lives like off the beach and they run out kayaks and stuff. And the, the man looked at me and he said, come, come. And I ran up and I, for some reason I kind of knew like it's a sloth. I don't know how, but I looked down at the ground and I literally see his three claws on the root. And then he pokes his head up from the ground. And uh, it was amazing. It was an awesome experience. He said, come over, you can pet it. It just kind of smiled at me because they're always smiling. And then it climbed up the tree but it's pretty amazing because they're usually sleeping, especially during the day, and they only come down about once a week out of the tops of the trees to use the bathroom. So that was my favorite Costa Rican experience.
0: <laughs> well, my, my experience with a sloth was a bit from a distance. I could see it trying to make it. We were at a resort It's come down from the tree and it it's making a way across the road. Because we're a large group, I would say there's about 10 of us. The guide taking us through the resort told us to leave the sloth alone. And one lady said, that's not a sloth. And the tour guide moved us a little closer so we could see, yes, indeed, it was a sloth. It was moving very slowly. I could appreciate it enjoying every little moment. And it was an experience to see that in the wild. Uh, We've tried to... Different places we've been, they have had them in captivity, unfortunately, because they are comfortable in the tree. That's where usually they are. You may not see them if you go into so many places. Even if you go to Costa Rica, it's, like you said, it's maybe a once-in-a-lifetime chance to see one. In your case, once-in-a-lifetime to actually pat one. So that is quite an experience. So
1: I have a couple great pictures of the sloth, so I'll have to send it to you. Maybe you can post it.
0: That would be that would be cool. I appreciate that. Now you said you've been to Costa Rica twice. So was this your second trip or your first?
1: That was my first trip. The second time I went to Montezuma, it's kind of a different area. It's really dusty. um, it's drier. Capos and Manuel Antonio, it's lush, like a lush rainforest. everything's green. everything's you know it's raining all the time. Ma- Montezuma's, yeah, I didn't see any slots in Montezuma. You see monkeys. So you see monkeys and armadillos and lizards, and there's just so much wildlife
0: there. You know, people travel to Costa Rica. One thing they hear about is the rainforest. They want to go to the rainforest, but when they get in there, one of the first things they complain about is that it's raining.
1: <laughs> right. so I think,
0: I don't know why, but that's what I've heard. And I've heard from clients, I've heard from tour guides. And I just think it's, you know, you should read up on where you're going. If you're going to a rainforest, you might experience some rain, just maybe a little bit.
1: It did rain a lot, but I went during the rainy season the first time I went and it rained every day and it, it would just come out of nowhere and just let loose like torrential downpour. So much rain, but then it would stop and it would be sunny again. So really, it was it was really beautiful.
0: I think they said the rainy season is about six months and then dry season is about six months. So you can check to see when you want to travel and what you really want to experience. I can tell you that when it's dry, it's hot, it's humid. So
1: you got that instead. Yeah, I thought it was wonderful when I went.
0: Now, I understand you've had other travels. I've read up, I believe you live with a family in France. Can you tell us a little bit about that story and how that came about?
1: Actually, yeah, that was when I was in high school. Um, I actually didn't live with them, but I visited. We did a; It was more of a short-term exchange program. And so we actually, my teacher got in touch with this class in Pierre Latte, France, the small town, and we became pen pals. And so then it was my freshman year. I got to go, or she came here first and stayed with my family. And then the next year, I got to go stay with her family So it was pretty amazing. I mean, that was, you know, I was in high school. That was my first experience being in another country and really being in the middle of another culture. So it's pretty cool just to see the little differences from the U.S. to France, you know.
0: Were you prepared when you got there or were you sort of out of your comfort zone?
1: I think I felt um, very comfortable. (laughs) I just felt alive. Traveling makes me feel more alive. You know, and just more connected to everyone in the world, especially when you're in a new country. I
0: always say that travel is the best education I ever got. We can learn a lot from teachers who are very good at what they do. Textbooks can give us some information, and some of that information may be biased. But when we actually travel, we learn from our for ourselves, and we get to appreciate the world has to offer. Different people, They're... And when we say different, they're really not that different. When you think about it, they're, they all want the same basic things. Mm-hmm. So, yes, their language may be different. The color of the skin may be different. Their religion may be different. Take that all away. Just the same as us. And I find when I come home, I appreciate what I have here a lot more than I did when before I left. And I think that's one reason why I say it is a good education. Absolutely. Now, I heard something about the Eiffel Tower. What did you do at the Eiffel Tower?
1: Okay, so we – I'm like, what did we do? <laughs> the Eiffel Tower is beautiful, first of all. They light it up at night. It's everything you ever dreamed it would be. <laughs> um, so that's how I felt when I saw it. But, yeah, we I think my best friend and I were singing. Yeah,
0: we're I heard something about that you were singing at the top of your lungs in the Eiffel Tower.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: I have a a good experience with the Eiffel Tower. I booked a trip. My wife and I were in France for, or in Paris for a weekend. Uh, We came over from England. We were staying there. At the Eiffel Tower, we had a chance to go up and we had dinner on the very first level. And after dinner, we had a chance to walk around the outside a bit. We didn't have a lot of time, so we couldn't go up further, which I would have loved to do. But we came down, we had a nice cruise on the river And everything about Paris that I read about, that I saw in movies and stuff, was so much better in person. But one thing I was disappointed in is we went to the Louvre to see Mona Lisa. And I thought it was this huge painting. Only to find out it's only about 8 by 10, if that. It was beautiful. The whole, if anybody gets to the Louvre, there are many, many paintings, could be floor to ceiling paintings, could be small paintings. They are beautiful. And that was one experience I'll always cherish with me. And I think people, if you get an opportunity to get to Paris, do that.
1: Oh, yes. I saw the Mona Lisa. I felt like I was meeting a famous person.
0: It, well, even though she's not alive, she's really but that's famous. That's like.
1: You know, she's alive in the painting. <laughs> yep.
0: And, in... And I think the painting, the artist did a great job making it feel like around us. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Do you have a favorite destination? And if so, why does it make it so special to you?
1: Well, I hate to go back to the Costa Rica thing, but it's Costa Rica. (laughs) One thing I loved about Costa Rica is Puerto Vida. Porta Vida. They say, Porta Vida, almost like as a hello and a goodbye, and it means the pure life. And they're very committed to, you know, nature and preserving nature and respecting it. Um, it's something you don't see everywhere. And you're just, you're surrounded by animals. You're surrounded by the ocean. You're surrounded by the rainforest. Everything's so beautiful and it is pure. And I just love how they embrace that. And they say, Porta Vida, because it's that important to them. That really, really drew me in. And um, just being immersed in, in the Spanish language. I studied Spanish a lot after I went because it it felt uh, so different kind of being in the middle of it uh, as opposed to just, oh, I'm going to study a language. Then I just wanted to know it. I just wanted to know Spanish, you know. So I think those those are the two things that really drew me in.
0: Well, I think, too, that as travelers, and I've traveled to many countries, especially ones where they speak either Spanish or French, which I'm not good at at all. But I make it a point to try to speak some words so that at least I show that I'm trying and then I appreciate their language.
1: Have you ever heard of the app Duolingo?
0: No, I haven't. I haven't.
1: It's wonderful. And that's really how I taught myself all the Spanish that I know. And it's a free app. Um, you only have to pay if you want to get rid of the ads. It has almost every language you could think of. And it's just really great the way that it it does like the breaking down of like words and everything. But it, it immediately starts to put them into sentences. So you start to understand it
0: really quickly. I will definitely give that a look. I appreciate that tip because, again, like I said, I, I try my best to speak some lang- some of the words. You know, Hello. Goodbye. Thank you. You know, the most important one is Banyo. You know, whenever I travel, where's the banjo. You we know? <laughs> We've been going through this. I call it the shutdown of travel for almost twenty months now. Mm-hmm. As we open up travel, is there a place that's on your bucket list now? I'm, I'm, I'm not, You're probably going to say Costa Rica again, but I'm going <laughs> to ask you:
1: Is there anywhere else? Oh, okay.
0: Um, and and if there is a place on your bucket list that you really you're saying, you know, once it opens and it's safe to travel. It's a place I want to go. And if you can tell us a reason why it's so special to you.
1: Uh, I have a very long bucket list. How about top three?
0: Okay, top three.
1: <laughs> South Africa, Panama, and Ecuador. So, and really it all comes down to, I want to be, I want to see the wild animals. Um, Panama, there's, there's an island called Pearl Island. And it's just supposed to be one of the best spots to see every type of whale. You know, they just go there to breed. So that's kind of why. But then, of course, they also have the rainforest. And there's another island off of Panama called the San Blas Island. And there's people who live there. What's, what's the word? Indigenous people. And they will let you come over and they'll show you their culture. Almost like they'll be your tour guide and be like, this is how we live. This is what we do. It just sounds very cool to kind of go and see, you know, how they live. And then um, Ecuador, I almost went to Ecuador in 2010 and ended up canceling my trip. And then I ended up going to Hawaii instead. But Ecuador has the Galapagos Islands. They're not easy to get to, but they also have a lot of wildlife. So that's kind of part of why it's on my list. Um, And then South Africa, same thing. They have the protected areas to see like going to safari and see the wildlife while they're still there
0: and still alive. I'm going to ask you one. It's not on the list here, but I think I'm going to take a minute to ask you, have you had a misadventure when traveling and how did you deal with it?
1: I I can't think of a misadventure, but I I used to work for the airport and my best friend and I would just say, where are we going this weekend and kind of go. And so it was very spontaneous. Um, But when you're not planning ahead it's hard to really say anything went wrong because we would just show up and be like is there a hostel here should we get a hotel you know and and you're just sort of going with the flow and enjoying yourself but um i think we went to on about 12 trips i only worked there for a year (laughs) i was also a flight attendant for a short time out of chicago but then you're, it's like, I guess there'd be lots of misadventures, but you're not really traveling on. Mm-hmm. You're just going from plane to plane, airport to airport, hotel to hotel.
0: <laughs> As we get close to the end of this year, uh, podcast interview, it's been a great talking to you today, but I'd like to know what are you working on? Any projects that you're working on you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, I ask people if you're writing a book, because a lot of people nowadays are writing a book.
1: Well, funny. You may ask that. Um, I'm actually an aspiring author and a writer, and currently I'm pushing really hard to get one of my children's books published. I actually have four that I've been sending to publishers, and I'm working on a fifth one. So um, yeah, I also write poetry, and I do want to write a, you know, a book one day, an actual, you know, <laughs> that's a lot of words. It's a lot of words. It's a big commitment, but it's, it's on the bucket list. And then for my business, I am working on launching an eight week mindset challenge course. And so this is for anyone that really wants to shift their mindset, someone who wants to create changes, but is having trouble creating those daily habits. And really anyone that feels kind of stuck has goals that they want to accomplish and really doesn't know how to get to the point where they can start taking steps toward those goals. Those are the two main things that I'm putting
0: all my energy into right now. I really enjoyed talking to you. I think we could talk about travel for hours. Like I I just learned that you were a flight attendant for a short time. You worked at the airport. You've got probably some stories about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's a lot more travel stories. I think you talked about Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. My my daughter has. She says it's a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. I have to take her word for it. It's, It's on my bucket list. (laughs) <laughs> it's uh number 12.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have them in order. I have a hard time putting them in order. You know, they're like all, pulling me all at the same time.
0: <laughs> and I think two people have to realize that when they are traveling, they're not going to have the comforts of home. That that's the part of the trip the pure getting out of your environment, get out of your comfort zone and learning something new. Uh I try to every guest that I booked I've always said when you're going to a destination Get off the resort, immerse yourself with the people there, discover how they live, um, come back with um, new knowledge about the people where you visited rather than just staying on the resort. Because I've been to luxury resorts where I got to resort and I wouldn't even know that I left the country. Yeah, so.
1: exactly. You have to go in and go to local places and talk to local people to really get a feel for for that place. It's kind of like saying I was a flight attendant. I went to, you know, so and such and such place. I went to Guatemala on a turnaround. I didn't get out. I I got out and bought a coffee, I think, in the airport. So does it count if you're in an airplane, if you're in the airport? Not really, because I didn't get to see any of the country, meet any of the people, experience anything, you know, so I don't count it.
0: (laughs) Well, Melissa, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. And I don't want this to end, but I know, you know, We all have a busy day.
1: Okay, well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed being a guest on your podcast, talking about travel.
0: There's probably more stories, so maybe we'll connect again in the future. (laughs) Okay,
1: sounds good. Thank you. Thank you.